0: Abraham Lincoln radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center Jack Armstrong
2: and Joe Getty the Armstrong and Getty show
0: the u s is basically giving the Ukrainians everything they have on Russian troop movements, Russian um, battle plans so the Ukrainians have a very good picture of what the Russians are up to you know what at the end of big battles, you usually read a history in which intelligence turned out to be decisive in that battle. I don't think you can say that yet, but you can certainly say that the Ukrainians are going to have a, an intelligence advantage. The, the issue is going to be whether that intelligence gets down to the units mm-hmm. that need to act on the intelligence.
3: So on the topic of what changed in the last couple of weeks, that made the administration decide to go all in and obviously is less worried about starting world war 3 i wonder if we just somehow figured out that putin's not going to putin's not going to go there he's not you know he's talking all about nukes and this and that but he's not he knows that would be a disaster he's sane enough and rational enough that he said to somebody i would never do that and you know we were listening in on the phone call something like that
2: yeah, I wonder. I read, uh, I believe it's the same piece you did, kind of a back and forth. Somebody thought escalation is, is frighteningly likely, and others who thought, no, it's not. And I found myself uh, persuaded, at least to some extent, by the no, it's not crowd. No, it's not going to escalate to nuclear war. And uh, the, the one theory that I found intriguing was it would be so humiliating for Russia to lose a war with Ukraine. They'll provoke a war with NATO, so Putin's less humiliated. Because you can explain away losing a war to NATO. Sure. But not Ukraine. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah, which I, I found an interesting theory. Uh, some bad news here at the uh, the Joe Getty desk. My computer, as we were coming out of... Oh, there, I think it may be back. It uh, froze up completely. It's kind of semi-frozen now. Um, so I wasn't able to get ready the oligarch story. There it is. Okay, super. Uh, so, as you know, in Russia, there are powerful, rich people uh, who are Putin's main you know, uh, pillars of support. It's really kind of an interesting story. He made an agreement with all the politically powerful people when he took power around the beginning of the century um, that if you get out of politics and just stick with business, I will make you fabulously rich. You just don't oppose me, ever. You just check out. And so that's a lot of these so-called oligarchs. This is how they got so rich. He gave them, all right, you get a 10% share of Gazprom, for instance. Right, you get a 10% share of this uh, giant mining company, what have you. And so he made a lot of his, uh, his uh, opposition disappear. Um, there's this story in, I think it's New York Times, about this guy, Oleg Tinkov. He, What do you think of him, Jack? (laughs) Anyway, he was worth more than $9 billion uh, as of a couple of months ago. He's one of Russia's few self-made business tycoons. He's not one of those uh, Putin waved his fairy wand at him and granted him enormous wealth. He uh, created a a brewery, then something else, and then he became a a big-time banker. Well, last month, he criticized the war in Ukraine on Instagram. He, he said, essentially, this is madness, it's terrible, it's evil, et etc." Et and it, it ought to stop. Uh, he immediately was contacted by the administration, the Putin administration, and said, yeah, we're going to nationalize your bank if you don't uh, sell your, your share of it. And by the way, you're selling it for X. So he said it wasn't a negotiation. They, they just told me I was out. And his bank uh, is saying, oh, no, no, he hasn't been involved for years. No, nobody nobody forced anybody out. And so he's just out. He no longer owns the bank. Um, and then there's another story that I thought was interesting, as my computer is still half frozen. Uh, last week, oligarch Sergey Protseninya was found dead in Spain alongside, and this is gruesome, folks. I apologize. His wife and daughter. The local police's working theory is that uh, it's a murder-suicide, but his son, who's older and and wasn't there, said, my father's not a killer. Nobody, there was no murder-suicide here. The day before, another oligarch, Vladislav Avayev, was found dead in Moscow, along with his wife and daughter in another suspected murder-suicide. Uh, the two men are the latest in a series of oligarchs who have turned up dead in recent months in apparent suicides, many of whom had links to major Russian gas companies. And uh, obviously there are people who are saying, wait, what? No, this does not look right to me. So uh, this story's flown under the radar, but they have a list of these people. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh, murder, suicides, billionaires. Here's a guy found stabbed to death, as were his wife and two sons. So police are investigating the theory that he killed his family and then himself with a knife.
3: Police are investigating. So, why does Putin not want to just make it more blatant, or is it blatant enough to do it that way? The whole make it look like a murder suicide. Uh, you know, I think
2: I don't know exactly. I've never been a dictator.
3: Same with the same with at the beginning of the COVID thing when doctors would criticize the moscow's handling of covid and then the doctor would fall out a window and what three three five a whole bunch of doctors fell out of windows one weekend
2: Mm -hmm. you know i mean nobody goes to show you the dangers of open windows
3: but you know but my point is nobody believes that right but i guess you just don't want to
2: be more obvious i don't know I don't know. that. That's f- right. It's like we we're always saying, why do they pretend they had a free and fair election? Who's that for? Nobody buys it, but they announce it. They have to. Even Saddam Hussein, who I was reminded of when you asked your question, you know, he would have various people dragged out of buildings and executed. And it didn't really matter whether they were guilty or not. He just wanted to maintain a certain level of terror. I guess it's, and- I guess it's more scary,
3: the idea that Putin has people that can come into your home kill you and your whole family, make it look like a murder-suicide, and get the police and media to go along with the investigation of the murder-suicide. I guess that's Mm -hmm. more frightening.
2: Yeah, here's a Ukrainian-born oligarch who was found hanged in the garage of his home in February in Surrey, England. Uh no history of mental illness or anything like that, but decided he wanted to be dead. As did Alexander Tolyakov, found hanged in a in his apartment's garage near St. Petersburg also in February. The uh, police said, ha, ha ha, they found a suicide note next to his body. He too was a Fabulously wealthy uh, executive for the Russian energy giant Gazprom.
3: Now, I would say that a lot of these oligarchs are crooks, and their entire life was going to come to an end. I mean, their financial life, their 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 good life that they built. You know, people kill themselves in that situation sometimes.
2: Yeah, although, yeah, I suppose so. I mean, if I were an oligarch, I've never been one of those either. I would think I'd keep on keeping on, thinking maybe we could free up some of those assets, or, I don't know, maybe I can sell my yacht on eBay. I don't know.
0: these souls in their fucking yachts! So, you Joe, see,
2: you're not helping, sir. You're not helping, their, you're not helping the oligarch's depression with that screeching.
3: So there's a Trump clip that's making the rounds. Joe and I thought we would play, and then we can discuss. So this is Donald Trump at a rally over the weekend. Now, if you're following... Politics really much at all right now, you're aware that this guy, J.D. Vance, of Hillbilly Elegy fame, who wrote the book and then they made a movie out of it and all that sort of stuff, is running in Ohio, and Trump has backed him, and he has leapt from nobody thought he had a chance of the nomination and winning to now most people think he's going to get the nomination um, by getting the endorsement for Trump. Well, <laughs> here's here's trump talking about it at a rally yesterday
0: that's what they're waiting for they're waiting for one race you know we've endorsed dr oz we've endorsed jp right jd mandel and he's doing great they're all doing good they're all doing good and let's see what happens
2: so Adele Dazim.
3: <laughs> so, uh, some on the left were saying, you know, everybody makes fun of uh, Biden's stumbles and says it's dementia, but nobody calls this dementia when Trump does. I don't think it is dementia. I think it's I don't care or whatever you call it.
2: Yeah, don't give a crap, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think Trump's seriousness about these endorsements is not very deep at all. No. Whoever says nice stuff about him, he endorses. It's He's not serious about politics at this point. Well, it's, I think it's
3: an indication that he's not running. I got to believe if he was running for president, he would be paying closer attention. I mean, because you don't have to be paying much attention at all. You flip on a, a, a political show, Twice a week in this country, and you're going to hear about J.D. Vance. So he's not paying attention at all to the politics, which makes me think, think he's not running for president. JP, I heard a rumor, J- 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 J.D.
2: Mandel. Okay. I heard a rumor that J.P. Mandel is actually dating Adele Dazeem. <laughs> Our nation's newest power couple.
3: My close, close friend, J.P. Mandel. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> He's barely paying attention to these at all.
2: Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> I wonder how that makes you feel if you're J.D. Vance. You know, interestingly, uh, J.D. Vance is definitely making hay with the Trump endorsement there in Ohio. It's a very Trumpy state. Uh, there are other places where the Trump endorsement hasn't seemed to do no, good No, whatsoever. most
3: most other places, actually.
2: Um, so Let's we'll see how it turns out. It's really like any endorsement. They're, they're I, uh, way overrated. They're, Crazy oh overrated. Oh, my God, they're overrated.
3: Who, who votes for somebody based on the endorsement of some other completely unrelated person? I just, I never have. Uh, I want to talk a little more about the whole student debt, loan debt cancellation thing, because Tim Sandifer, our friend, made some great points about the founding father's view of this sort of thing. Yeah, gimme, gimme. I do want to talk about this. my success with this uh, transcendental meditation, which I, I'm the last person that I would have thought that sentence would come out of my mouth. If you'd have told 30-year-old me I was going to say what I just said, I'd have thought, what happened to you? But uh, more on that. All that stuff on the way.
2: The Armstrong and
3: Getty show. Had an ice cream sunday last night. Why? Because I have no self control. Mm. That's why. Cuz I'm like a dog. If you put a bowl of food in front of me, I will eat it whether I'm hungry or not. That's that's why.
2: Got to be more like a dog. Just a little like self old football coach said. I like it.
3: Just a little self-flagellation hoping if I say it out loud to other people I will come correct. Probably won't, but how impressive a Sunday are we talking about? Here? Eh, relatively small. But still, it's ice cream with hot fudge on it. Nobody, mm. nobody needs to eat that at my age. Nobody. Whipped cream? No, God no. I never put Sprinkles? Whipped, whipped creams too much. No, no, God no. I'm not a child.
2: It's just uh, ice cream ice cream and some sort of fudgy sauce, that was it? Exactly. No bananas. <laughs> no. <laughs> no
3: cherry on top. I don't want any fruit to get in the way of the completely bad for me.
2: Oh man as a lad I can I can remember Gladys how old was I I was probably 8 years old when my my parents my beloved parents I grew up without a lot of money I mean we we're not poor but I wore hand me down clothes and that sort of thing um one day after years of begging they finally consented to buying me a banana split ooh three scoops of ice cream as i recall oh my god you had your, your fudgy sauce Your caramel sauce and your strawberry sauce. You had a banana split down the middle on either side, flanking the ice cream. Split, if you will. uh, That's a good point. And and then a spoon. I was armed with only a spoon and my young boy's will to overcome. And by God, (laughs) I overcame that Sunday, or at least a substantial part of it, and I was not disappointed.
3: Armed only with a spoon and my will to overcome. (laughs)
2: there are a few things in life there are many things that the anticipation of them does not (laughs) does not equal the true you know outcome yeah several it's not as good as you hoped it would be yeah several several Um, come to mind that live up to the hype though i would say ice cream sundaes and the sweet coupling of a man and woman in the case of (laughs) myself if you swing otherwise that's up to you but yes anyway yeah lived up to the
3: hype (laughs) So I want to talk a little bit later about the whole student loan forgiveness movement that is still going on and how our founders felt about that sort of thing. And then we got a whole bunch of texts from people who are, if you don't have student loan debt, either you didn't go to college or you paid yours off a long time ago. That, that crowd is very unhappy with this. Surely Joe Biden knows that this is a political loser for him he's got to know that if he go tries to go through with this not to mention it being unconstitutional all those other things
2: it shows that he's lost all political instincts just Mm. all of them have those gripey gripey people not heard aoc's somewhat head-scratching explanation of why they should be happy i was
3: going to read that again and get to the text so maybe we'll do that here in just a few minutes if you will Um, I mentioned a while back that I was taking a class in transcendental meditation, which I'd heard of, but didn't really, I don't know, I didn't know what that word meant, and I didn't know what it was. was, I actually came across a video of Jerry Seinfeld, which I have tweeted out, I think. Jerry Seinfeld talking for an hour about it and how much it changed his life, and I uh, had a miserable year last year with a divorce and everything like that, and losing my mind and thought, man, anything could help, so I uh, paid, to. T- like I've said before, it has all the hallmarks of a scam. You have to pay, and then you're supposed to keep it a secret, what you learn, and all these different, I mean, it's got all the, but, uh, people that I know and respect swear by it, and uh, and and I paid and started doing it and learned how to do it and everything like that, and I'll say this, I had this experience yesterday, and now I'm very excited about it. Because Jerry Seinfeld talks about, you know how you hit that wall like late morning or right after lunch where you just want to lay your head down and you just can't imagine doing anything and you need a nap? He said, I don't take a nap. I meditate. And I thought, how could that possibly work? I've had that experience a couple of days in a row now where I do a 20-minute nap meditation instead of a 20-minute nap. And uh, I'm perfectly, completely refreshed and ready to start again. And that Hmm. "logie," I can't do anything anymore is just gone. And I find that fascinating.
2: Well, and, and you don't have that Loki, oh, my God, I just woke up from a nap thing either. Right. And
3: in yeah. theory, it's also much better for your brain because you're doing all kinds of filing problems and distractions and everything like that in your brain while you're doing it. That is going to uh, clear up a lot of, of uh, bandwidth for other things in theory. So anyway, I'm a fan. I'm just saying it is actually working for me. People ask me this all the time because they're they're interested in dabbling in it themselves.
2: Well, to each their own. I know when I'm feeling overwhelmed, I just huff ether until I pass out. But, you know, you can you can do your meditation thing if you want. Sounds cute. Ether, anyway. <laughs> huff ether. Paint not good enough for you. Ether. Well, Jack's uh, involved in his dreamy world of of meditation and such. I'm dwelling in the real world, dealing with some poll uh, results about uh, Biden, the Biden administration. And in the wake of the fact that Hunter's closest business associate visited the White House seven times. While Hunter was doing business with China, the plot has thickened, and the percentage of Americans who think that whole deal is probably an impeachable offense, it's it's high. It will shock you. Oh, yeah. Talk about that later. And uh, Bill
3: Maher weighed in on that whole thing with Twitter canceling the New York Post version of the Hunter Biden story. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff on the way. I hope you can stay here.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
4: LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Snag a job is where
5: America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring.
2: The Armstrong and Getty
3: Show. You're on a frontier of freedom and that your fight
5: is a fight for everyone. And so our commitment is to be there for
0: you until the fight is
3: done. That's Nancy Pelosi telling President Zelensky in Kyiv yesterday that America is with you until the fight is done. That is some level of commitment from our country and our taxpayers, obviously, because we're the ones that are paying for all this, and at least current polls show that we're overwhelmingly both parties in favor of that.
2: And I don't know if the fight's going to be
3: done in six months or 60 years. Yeah, it's a heck of a statement. By the way, I just saw this. The, the A lot of your primaries are tomorrow, like the one in Ohio, whether or not J.D. Vance becomes the Republican candidate for Senate in Ohio. He, cam- he closed out his campaigning weekend campaigning with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates of Florida on stage with him. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. So there you go. Um, So I'm practically a Nancy Pelosi fanboy today, I guess, because I liked her saying that in Ukraine, and I liked her saying this, I think it was last year or the year before, when she was asked about the president's commitment to student loan debt forgiveness. Biden campaigned on wiping out student loan debt. For all those poor college kids who are now suffering to make their payments. Nancy Pelosi was asked about it and she said, the president can't do it. That's not even a discussion. Pelosi said any student debt forgiveness would have to be carried out by Congress. Charlie Cook of the National Review responded to that saying, why did Pelosi say the president can't do it? She said that because the president can't do it. Why did Pelosi say that's not even a discussion? She said that because everybody knows that the president can't do it. Why did Pelosi say this was a matter for Congress? She said that because this is a matter for Congress. Yet mm-hmm. yet President Biden continues to talk about it. The Washington Post wrote a long, deep dive into it over the weekend, mentioning the behind-closed-doors discussions that are going on about who would get how much forgiveness at what level and over what period of time and all these different things, the president using an executive order, which even Nancy Pelosi says can't be done. So, I don't know, our politics are so weird now, it's,
2: it's hard to tell. Is
5: every everything... I can't believe
2: every every court in the land. The judge would just slap their head and say they did what? They can't do that. So is everything just a gesture?
3: I, mean, I don't even I don't even know what's going on anymore.
2: Well, either either it's a meaningless gesture or it is proposing private debts be wiped out by executive fiat without a vote of Congress. We they do that in North Korea.
3: So this Stephen Beschloss, who gets too much attention as a writer and a tweeter, said over the weekend, it's telling how many people oppose student loan forgiveness because they suffered through repayment and are de- determined that others must suffer, too. Which is a really weird way of looking at the is that world. An adult? Charlie Cook, who wrote that long article that I just mentioned, said, it's telling how many people oppose having to pay off my mortgage because they suffered through paying off their own mortgages and are determined that others must suffer, too. I just, I don't, like I said, I don't even know where to go with some of these conversations. I I can't tell if they're real or. Tim Sandifer, friend of the Armstrong and Getty show and uh, scholar of all different sorts, weighed in over the weekend on this. The abolition of debt is one of only three things that the Federalist Papers expressly calls an improper or wicked idea. We won't get into the other two, but abolition of debt is one of them. Tim tweeting, the founders, being more well-versed in the history of politics than practically any politician today, had in mind the consequences of debt abolition in ancient Greece and Rome, where it had been tried, where abolishing debt destroyed credit, leading to financial catastrophe and class war. But Cicero put the point most simply, and this was 44 years before Jesus was born, and what is the meaning of an abolition of debts? except that you buy a farm with my money, that you have the farm, and I have not my money.
2: Well yes. said, Cicero.
3: Nice job, Cicero. Guy had a way, way with words, that Cicero. Cicero ain't no sissy, yo. Mm. And we got a lot of tension on this, and then I'll read some of the text that we got in reply. AOC, part of the progressive wing that just is convinced this is a good idea on Instagram, gave a straightforward reply to the question, what about those who already paid off their student loans? Her response was, I've said it before and I'll say it again, not every program has to be for everybody. People with apartments pay for first-time homeowner benefits. Young people pay for Medicare for our seniors. People who take public transit pay for car infrastructure. Maybe student loan forgiveness doesn't impact you. That doesn't make it bad. I'm sure there are certainly other things that student loan borrowers' taxes pay for. We can do good things and reject the scarcity mindset that says doing something good for someone else
2: comes at the cost of something for ourselves. Comes whoa, at- whoa, 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 whoa. The scarcity mindset is what defines all human activity. It's certainly all human economic activity. There ain't unlimited money.
3: Well, I, I was saying earlier, I don't understand what's going on here. And somebody texted, I'll tell you what's going on. She's a
2: communist. <laughs> <laughs> but, Way to cut through the clutter, friend.
3: <laughs> but that is part of the whole progressive thing, is that there's just unlimited money all the time. There's just there's well, th- more than enough to go around for everything. Why are we not spending money on all these things? There's unlimited money. that They seem to believe that, I guess.
2: But, well, and that argument that... She- I mean, she makes a weird... It's like the opposite of an argument. It's it's rendering null and void any objection to any program by pointing out, well, not everybody benefits from every program. That's why we should have a federal program buying little gold crowns for squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why, why do we want to do that? Not everybody benefits from every program. Ma'am. That's not an argument, dear.
3: I think you could convince me more easily of the crowns for squirrels idea than the forgiving student loan debt
2: to they the. They would look so cute running around with their little crowns, wouldn't to,
3: they? <laughs> to mostly the most privileged class in America. An example AOC gives. If a person is blessed enough to be in the position to have paid off their loans. Oh, wait a minute. We got to stop there. <laughs> maybe they have a home now and benefited from first time homeowners programs that people. Crushed by student loans help subsidize when they aren't able to buy a home because of student debt. It all comes around. It's okay. We can support things we don't directly benefit from. That that whole phrase, a person who is blessed enough to be in a position to have paid off their loans, you mean like maybe they made it their emphasis to pay off their loans, so drove a crappier car or lived in a smaller place or, uh, you know, didn't take vacations so that the more their took money took came- all the
2: overtime they could get, yeah.
3: Or took much smaller loans by going to a cheaper college. We got all kinds of, you know, texts along those lines. There are so many people with their own personal examples of this that fit in. Uh, I'm a mechanic. Will AOC be paying my never-ending tool bill, or pay for guys with tech school loans? Uh, we got this text: the parents of middle class who go to the super expensive colleges have to take out parent-student loans, which will not be forgiven. I didn't even know they were a thing until a few years ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I had had not even heard of that. Uh, One of my kids got accepted to one of those schools. I refused to do that. My kid went to a community college. And then this person's saying, my kids are just entering college. I can pay their tuition, but should I take out loans for them instead? Will their new loans get paid in a couple of years? I hate this. Yeah. So it's the whole, if you subsidize it, you'll get more of it thing. Obviously, if you forgive student loan, the the people that save or go to cheaper colleges or whatever, what would be your motivation to do that?
2: Right. Yeah, you've got a couple of things. If you subsidize something, you get more of it. If you penalize something, you get less of it. And uh, also, it, it strikes me that this is a really lovely way to continue perpetuating the scam of grotesquely expensive college educations that are benefiting, a term I introduced earlier in the show that I stole, the hard campus left. As a political movement in America, I think that's a pretty good description. It's that you're either on campus or you're part of the colleges or you're a young person who's got your college degree and got convinced of the politics of it. The hard campus left. The fact that nobody... I mean, we're discussing clearly unconstitutional, wild, irresponsible ways to erase the debt of people who paid for college. And and by the way, I have a fair amount of sympathy for people with that heavy heavy debt. Um, but at no point does anybody seriously, anybody in authority, seriously discuss why it's so freaking expensive. Wildly out of proportion to its value in, in most people's cases. Nobody's willing to bring that up. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because it hasn't occurred to them? because they haven't listened to the Armstrong and Getty show and our our unbelievable wisdom. No, they don't want to bring it up because it's inconvenient to the constituencies that keep them in power. So, yeah, let's have that discussion before well, I was going to say before we talk about giving you know, relieving people's debt, but that's an insane discussion anyway. So, the
3: top 20% of income earner families have a third of the college debt. The bottom 20% have of the college debt. It would be unbelievably not progressive to have the bottom chunk paying off the top chunk.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And all debts that people willingly took in, which that's where it gets into the whole Cicero thing or what the founding fathers were worried about. Because once you start down that road, man, you can make all kinds of cars are way more expensive than they ought to be because of supply chain. Uh, uh, you, the average car on the road now is worth $40,000. And used cars are ridiculously expensive. It's way easy. Actually, Jonah Goldberg wrote this about the other day. is that It's way easier to make the argument for canceling auto loans than it is student loans. The arguments are way better, even though it's still a terrible idea. But the arguments are way better in terms of who it would affect.
2: Yeah, and the other thing that occurred to me when you were talking earlier um, is that this is such a great example of what happens uh, when the government becomes over-involved in the economy in one way or the other. It's it's rent-seeking. Now, the most important thing you can do, well, number one, you're going to borrow more money because you're counting on the government canceling that debt, too. But if you do take on that debt, the best thing you can do is petition the government to discharge all private debt in spite of how, what terrible policy that is. Um, and so instead of making smart decisions, working hard, uh, you know, being a reasonable adult, etc., you're begging the government. The most important strategy for you to have a successful life is to beg the government and get something out of them. That is such a distortion and a perversion of the way a society ought to work. Uh, but people don't get that. I don't know. Maybe it's too subtle or something like that. But, oh, that reminds me, this whole discussion. And I'll make this brief. Uh, the Washington Post, for all their sins, had a great piece by one Michelle Singletary the other day that I'll make sure is posted at armstrongandgetty.com under the hot links. Uh, it's entitled, On College Decision Day, Don't Sentence Your Child to Decades of Debt. And my two favorite points from it are, don't leave the decision up to an 18-year-old. Oh, I've heard so many parents say the college choice wow. is up to their child and what can we do if that's where he wants to go or we can't disappoint our child. She's worked so hard. You have a choice. If they need you to take out loans, you can say, nope, we can't afford that particular school. Well, given
3: what we know about in except for in extreme examples like you know your 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 law career could significantly be better if you went to this school rather but that's not the case for the vast majority of us i mean practically everybody Correct. um uh, so then why wouldn't it be different than going to get a car you're going to get a car for your kid and they say no i don't want the $30,000 car i want the $60,000 car well if that's what you want i mean what parent
2: thinks that <laughs> Well, the argument is that going to that elite school will ensure you a brighter future. Well, that's what I was and just in- saying,
3: though, except for in extreme situations for the vast majority of people. That's not true.
2: Oh, that reminds me, man, maybe for tomorrow, the statistics on who's getting admitted and who's not to the so-called elite universities, absolutely shocking and undeniably about class and race. And if anybody tells you that ain't the truth, they're a liar. Then the other point that I really liked in this article is uh, don't let the ability to borrow a lot of money dictate your decision. Um, Just because it's there doesn't mean you should borrow it. And that's that's part of the whole scam. Um, And it's unfortunate, but college has become an enormous for-profit scam.
3: God, I'd say. And, you know, all the stats we had from a couple of weeks ago of kids are studying way less than they ever have, getting way more A's than they ever gave out before. Uh, exit exams showing that they learn way less than they ever have before.
2: Yeah, it's diploma mills operated by loan sharks. Good one. How do you like that? That's pretty good. Thank you. I'm here all week.
3: Uh, you can comment anytime if you want. A text line is four one five two nine five KFTC.
0: The Armstrong
3: and Getty Show. Well, I have some breaking news. If I could verify it was true, it would be definitely worthy of the breaking news donkey. But it's... So the New York Post has given it a headline as if it's true. I'll read the New York Post headline. Putin to undergo cancer surgery, transfer power to ex-FSB chief. That obviously would be a world giant story but it's coming from this mysterious telegram channel called general svr that is run by a supposed former russian foreign intelligence service lieutenant what does that sound like to you a former intelligence person running a info outlet in a country it sounds a lot like q right
2: yeah similar sort of things Using yeah. a
3: pseudonym, and I, you know, I've I worked in the. This is somebody who claims they worked in the FSB for years and has the inside scoop. So it sounds exactly like Q to me, only a Russian version of it. Anyway, their report is that uh, Putin is set to undergo cancer surgery, temporarily hand over power to a hardline former federal police chief. In this report, and that it will be several hours that uh, Putin will be incapacitated, and somebody else will be running things. Certainly hmm. been a lot of talk about his health situation. But I have no idea. Yeah. So I, The only yeah, reason it's... I want to mention that is in case this blows up into a real story. You heard it here first.
2: Yeah, okay. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. Uh, also, uh, before I forget, next hour, uh, really interesting revelations about Hunter Biden's business associates um, visiting the White House while uh, uh, Joe was the Veep. And the percentage of Americans who think if the uh, Hunter Biden laptop stuff is true, it's an impeachable offense. I was honestly shocked by oh, the numbers. No, I haven't heard that. And it's in a big-time poll, too. Um, so stay tuned for that. So I'm, uh, I'm aware that uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, the uh, Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, made the rounds of the Sunday shows, realizing that his disclosure that they were creating an Orwellian ministry of truth was not getting really good reactions around America. So the always compliant lefty Dana Bash was asking the question, so I don't have high hopes. I haven't heard this yet, but clip number 91, Michael, see what he has to say about this. uh, uh, What do they call it? Disinformation governance board. Disinformation from Russia, China. We know the
1: problems, but it's still not clear to me how this governance board will act. What, What will it do?
3: So what it does is it works to ensure that the way in which we address threats... The connectivity between threats and acts of violence are addressed without infringing on free speech, protecting civil rights and civil liberties, the right of privacy. And the board, this working group, internal working group, will draw from best practices and communicate those best practices to the operators because the board does not have operational authority.
1: Will American citizens be monitored?
2: No. All right. So, to the extent that I could understand what the hell he's talking about, it sounded to me like he was saying, "Yeah, if there's stuff we don't like, we'll uh, we'll tell Facebook you got to ban that, shut that down, deplore deplatform that."
3: Yeah, I'm uh, still highly confused. Nora O'Donnell there sounded uh, confused. So, um, I don't Dana know. Dana Bash, the lovely Dana Bash, it sure sounded like it's Nora O'Donnell. Dana, really? Huh? That sounded like Nora O'Donnell to me.
2: Oh. Uh, uh, Noted Nora O'Donnell imitator, Dana Bash.
3: Regardless, uh, I I don't have a handle on what this thing is or isn't.
2: Yeah, and I would say at the point that a government board is going to decide who's telling the truth and who's not, we ought to have a perfect understanding of it. Uh, but I, I don't even want to get drawn into the discussion. I just, it's a horrible idea. I mean, to the extent that people are talking about violating the law, or, or that sort of thing, online, there are already ways to deal with that. Well, that's what Elon has
3: been saying. So I was getting frustrated by the conversations on the talk shows yesterday with all of the uh, people trying to scare you about Twitter saying, and if he, what he's trying to do is have a, a free-for-all, well, that is just not going to work. Well, have you paid any attention to what he has said about this? He has at no point said it's going to be a free-for-all. He's going to follow all the rules that are
2: currently in place about free speech, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So what are you talking about? That's uh, you're right, you're absolutely right Every, everything's performative now everybody's throwing up their hands in outrage and saying he's calling for the rape of children when no such thing has occurred if you want to catch any hour of the show or just enjoy it a second time you can get
3: Armstrong and Getty On Demand the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand
0: Armstrong and Getty okay, round two name something that's not boring a laundry? ooh, a book club